This week on Wealth Track, how to make sure you don't run out of money in retirement. Insurance expert Kim Langford shares simple strategies to make it through. Next on Consuelo Mac Wealth Track. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Funding provided by Morgan Le Fay Dreams Foundation, Clearbridge Investments, a Leg Mason company, Miller Value Funds, Royce and Associates, Matthews Asia, First Eagle Investment Management, Strategus Asset Management, and Eaton Vance. Hello and welcome to this edition of Wealth Track. I'm Consuelo Mack. We have talked a lot on Wealth Track about the importance of a planning mindset in adequately preparing for retirement. This week, we are going to help you get one if you don't have it already, and if you do, consider this a refresher course. The reality is most Americans are not there yet. Here are some findings from a recent Fidelity Investments Retirement Mindset study, which surveyed adults of all ages, both male and female. 82% of the general population don't have a retirement plan in place. That includes even people who consider themselves to be planners. 76% of them don't have a plan. That number increases to 90% for the the go-with-the-flow types. It's not as if Americans aren't worried about retirement. They are. 75% feel only somewhat confident to not confident at all about their retirement finances. What worries people the most about retirement? Economic concerns that can't be predicted and are out of their control loom large. 38% of the respondents cite rising health care costs, including long-term care costs. That is completely understandable. Fidelity estimates the average retired couple aged 65 in 2019 will need $285,000 to cover health care costs in retirement. And that figure doesn't even include long-term care costs. Health care expenses are the third largest cost after housing and transportation. The next big worry is Social Security benefits, with 28% citing them. Third on the economic list is inflation, with 10% mentioning rising prices as a concern. Needless to say, the biggest personal worry is outliving their assets. How to help lessen these worries? Not surprisingly, having a plan makes a huge difference. Only 4% of people with a comprehensive written financial plan say they haven't yet gained control over their finances for retirement. Well, what's holding us back? The answers range from, I've never thought about it, to I don't know where to begin, to I feel like I am too far behind for it to make a difference. Well, we want to change this dynamic starting right now, and we have the right guest to help us. Kim Langford is an award-winning personal finance journalist now working freelance. She was a longtime contributing editor and columnist for Kiplinger's. She is an insurance expert, and one of her specialties over the years has been advising military members and their families on their benefits. One of the first steps she recommends to plan for retirement or manage it is to understand our monthly cash flows. So people have spent decades saving for retirement, and they've really gotten used to that. They may have been very careful about setting aside their money, but then they 
need to turn on the spigot. They totally need to reverse course and start taking out their money. And people are really worried on both sides. Right. Um, on one hand, some people do end up spending too much money early on, and then they don't have enough, and they really could worry about running out of money mm -hmm. um, as they get older. On the other hand, some people have saved very carefully and are afraid to spend money, and they really could do more than they can. So the key thing is to look at your cash flow mm -hmm. and really look carefully at what your expenses are in retirement. Every Have, month. I mean, you're, you're doing every it on a monthly month, basis. Every month. So do a right. monthly cash flow. And that makes it much more manageable. Rather than looking at this giant number that's really unknown, look at the monthly cash flow. Add up what your rent or mortgage is, your insurance premiums, any out-of-pocket you know, prescription drug costs, right. um, transportation, housing costs, all of that. And then look and see if you have any guaranteed sources of income. You know, most people do have Social Security. Right, when they so retire. They mm -hmm. have that. And some people do still have a pension. And so if you add up those things, then see how those expenses compare to the guaranteed sources of income. And then you have the gap. And that's really what you need to focus on. You really need to focus on how you're going to come up with that money every month to fill in that gap. Right. And when you look at that, it could be maybe you know, $1,000, $1,500, but much more manageable than looking at that giant number and figuring out what to do with that for the rest of your life. Right. No, I, and I, I like the approach of having a focusing on the gap, which is also a smaller number than monthly cash flow. So that's very helpful as well. Um, the, the other focus would be figuring out what your withdrawal rate is from your savings as well and to fit that into the mix, correct? Well, that's exactly right. So a lot of financial advisors recommend the 4% rule. And that means that if you withdraw 4% of your portfolio every year and adjust it for inflation, you're likely to be able to have that portfolio last for about 30 years. Now, the problem is you don't know if you're going to live for more than 30 years and you don't want to run out of money. But it's a really good exercise just to look at your savings and see how that 4% compares to what the, that savings gap is. If it's something you're comfortable with, maybe even going down to 3% mm -hmm. to be a little bit more conservative, mm -hmm. then that's great. If not, there's some other options, other ways to be able to fill in that savings gap and have some guaranteed sources of income. Great. So how can we create other in income streams that are guaranteed, like Social Security, to kind of to replace the traditional pension plan? Well, another way is through an immediate annuity. Okay, and, explain what that is. And with that, you hand over a lump sum to an insurance company, and they guarantee to pay you a check every month for the rest of your life, no matter how long you live. Right. Now, in order to get the highest amount from that, uh, you would get a life-only immediate annuity. So there's trade-offs there. That means that those payouts will continue for as long as you live, but they'll stop as soon as you die. And if that's a concern for you, you can get a check that would be slightly lower mm -hmm. and have it continue to pay out either for as long as you and a spouse live or for a certain number of years um, if you die before then right. or to a beneficiary. So there's a lot of trade-offs that you can make. Um, but in order to get that highest payout, you would have a life-holding annuity. And that's for people who really, their biggest concern is stretching that money that they have to be able to fill in that, that savings gap for every month for their expenses. So the other thing is also when you hand that o money over to the insurance company, they do have that promise for life, but you can't get that money back again. Mm -hmm. So you really, you know, they, even financial advisors say, don't invest more than 30% of 
of your assets into an immediate annuity because you need money available for things like if you need to pay long-term care costs, right. if you have medical expenses, if you just want to travel or give money to your children. You just need to think about the rest of, the rest of your portfolio and what you might want to spend that money on as well. Just explain what you gain by pooling your resources with an insurance company. Well, the key thing with the insurance company is it's guaranteed. Right. You will not run out of money. And the other thing is, you know, maybe you don't need a full thousand dollars a month. Maybe your savings gap is about five hundred dollars mm -hmm. a month, mm -hmm. and in that case, you would invest about a hundred thousand um, dollars more for a woman, a little less for a man. Right. Um, into the immediate annuity. There's also something called a deferred income annuity that kind of is is a combination of the two things. Mm -hmm. Um, instead of getting your payouts right away, your payouts begin at some point in the future, maybe 10, 15 years in the future. So, for example, if you're 65, um, you could invest, you know, say $100,000 in, in a deferred income annuity. Right. And at age 75, it'll start to pay out close to $1,000 a month. Right. You get, you get much more, right, of, a, of a, a monthly income stream if it's deferred, if you give the insurance company your money to have for 10 years, for right. instance. Right. And pros and cons to that. The yeah. reason why you get more money is if it's a life-only version, if you die before those 10 years, you don't get any payouts. Right. So that money is all pooled together, and the people who end up living longer end up getting a much greater payout than they would otherwise. However, it's a big risk. So you really just need to think about you know, what your longevity looks like. Mm -hmm. Also, what the rest of your portfolio looks like. Um, if you do have a deferred income annuity, that means that you know you have a start and finish date to the rest of your portfolio. Right. You know exactly how long that piece of your portfolio needs to last. And that's one thing you don't have um, when you're trying to guess your life expectancy otherwise. So, you know, a lot of academics really like deferred income annuities. They think they're a very efficient way to protect against this risk because yes. they can pay out a lot more for what they call the tail risk, which is the risk, you know, the small chance that you will live for a very, very long time. And you know that money's coming in. Another thing people do with deferred income annuities is sometimes they'll have it start to pay out maybe in their 80s mm -hmm. when they're likely to need long-term care, for example. Right, right. And, you know, they could have a long-term care policy, but another way to cover those costs is to maybe have a deferred income annuity. And you know that that monthly income will be coming in um, when you reach your 80s, when mm -hmm. you're likely to need long-term care, whether or not you need that care. So it's just another way to cover that potential risk that a lot of retirees need to think about. Variable annuities, they've gotten a bad rap over the years justified and uh, and and how should we consider or should we consider variable annuities? There is a big range of variable mm -hmm. annuities. And if you are looking at a variable annuity, it's really important to work with an expert who works with many companies because the fees can range enormously. Mm -hmm. You buy them in your 50s or so. Right. And you can invest the money for, you know, 10, 15 years in um, mutual fund-like accounts. Mm -hmm. And if they do well, that's great. And they will then lock in your income stream for retirement based Based on sometimes the you know highest performance of those funds, that's right. sometimes that top value, even if it goes down later on. So after 2008, a lot of people were really interested in this because they had seen friends or maybe even themselves um, who had lost a lot of money in the market, in the market, right. and then had to retire. So this way, either you can lock in the high point, or some of them even have that they guarantee you'll get maybe you know three, four, five percent per year. Now the thing is, it's not 
actual lump sum that increases that much. Uh-huh. You can't withdraw that guaranteed income. You can withdraw what the investments actually return, but that income stream, that guaranteed income stream, say your you know investments go up to two hundred thousand dollars, and then the act, and then they go down to one hundred fifty. Mm-hmm. If you want to take that money in a lump sum, you can only take the 150. Mm-hmm. But if you want to get an income stream of maybe a lot of times it's five or six percent of that total amount per year, you can do it that way. Right. So it's another way to lock in an income stream. It tends to be more expensive. You tend to pay sometimes 1.5 to three percent per year for that the total package, you know, the guaranteed right. income as well as the annuity. So is it is it worth it? And and I'm, I'm actually thinking when you said four to what what did you say five to five five to six percent depending on the age that you start right. taking the money. So five to six percent that's bigger than the withdrawal rate that we're talking about that people should take from savings. So right there, you're getting a bigger return. However, the fees, you know, I mean, can the fees basically negate that high return? Well, and there's pros and cons as well. With yeah. the 4% per year, you can take that lump sum. You can take as much as you want. You know, the 4% is just kind of a guideline for yourself. Right. Um, this, if you do decide to take the income stream, you're guaranteed to be able to get that 5 or 6%. And it all depends on the annuity. It varies a lot by annuity mm-hmm. and the age you start taking the money. Um, and it locks in whatever the high, you know, right. the high watermark is or whatever calculation they made. Um, but the down side is that you can't ever take that amount in a you lump can't. sum. Got it. It's all based on that income stream. And if you need more money in a in one year, you need to be very careful because you don't want to do anything that's going to, to negate that ability to get that guaranteed income. So it's, you have to be really, really careful. And it's really important to work with an expert. And like I said, someone who works with several companies because mm. all of these have nuances that are very different. And you know, one may be great in your situation and one may be much better for or someone else. Mm-hmm. That who are the variable annuities with guarantees appropriate for who should start considering They them? are people who are about 10 years before retirement, people who are in their 50s, maybe early 60s, and they plan to retire in maybe 10 years or more. And especially if they're really concerned about a downturn before they need to start taking their money. And if they, especially if you, they would be afraid to invest you know, aggressively right. as they should, you know, they should probably invest more aggressively than they want to. They mm-hmm. may be, you know, very nervous about that. In this case, this may permit them to be able to invest the way that they, you know, they probably should based on their time frame. Um, and they lock in some of those guarantees without being worried about a downturn right before they take the money. If, if you're unwilling to give a lump sum to an insurance company that you're, that if you die early, <laughs> that you'll never get back, what are the other options? There are riders that you can put on, right? That, so to explain how, what kind of options we've got. Well, for an immediate annuity, for mm-hmm. example, um, you can get many different ways to get the payout. Like I said, the highest amount will be life only. So if you're really trying to stretch your retirement income right. as far as you can, that's the way to go, even though it's a risk, but that's how you'll stretch your retirement income the most. Um, but if you're married, you can do a joint life annuity that pays as long as one of you is alive, mm-hmm. or there's something called period certain. Um, mm-hmm. And so you can either have life only or joint life and 10 years period certain for 
for example. So if both of you die before 10 years, right. it'll continue to pay out at least for 10 years to your heirs. Uh -huh. And with deferred income annuities, there's similar things. You give up um, you give up some of the income in order to get a death benefit, but there, there are some versions where uh, they guarantee that your heirs will get at least the amount that you originally invested uh -huh. if you die before getting that much back. Right. Then, Kim, there's something called a QLAC, which is a Qualified Longevity Annuity Contract. Explain what that is. So a QLAC is a special kind of deferred income annuity that actually can help you um, minimize your required minimum distributions that you need to take from your IRAs mm -hmm. and your, um, your tax-deferred retirement savings plans. And it was developed just a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And you can invest up to, and this changes per year, but it's currently $135,000 or 25% of your retirement savings balance. And in to this QLAC. And so this is money that had been in your IRA, for example. And normally at age, well, it had been age 70 and a half, but the right. new law now has it for people who are turning, uh, who are having their birthdays this year will be age 72. Mm -hmm. um, is, is, that's when the required minimum distribution now starts. It's starting later. It's because starting, so many um, seniors are working into their right. Exactly right. And so the new law, the SECURE Act that was just passed in December, right. um, starting this year, the People who you know turn people who have their birthdays this year will need to start taking their uh, required minimum distributions at 72 instead mm -hmm. of 70 and a half, which mm -hmm. you know just lets them keep that money grow tax deferred a little longer. Yes. But the bottom line is you still need to start taking money out of those tax deferred accounts, you know, in your early 70s, yes. and you have to pay taxes on the money at that point. Well, these QLACs you can invest. 100, up to $135,000 from your IRA, for example, mm -hmm. into the QLAC, and you can have that those payouts deferred way beyond age 70 or 72. Oh. And so, for example, you can have those start to pay out maybe at 75 or mm -hmm. maybe at 80, just mm -hmm. like at any deferred income annuity. You don't have to take the requirement required minimum distributions on that money then. And so it really helps you delay that tax bill even longer. You are a known insurance expert. What place do, does life insurance now have in most people's lives? And are there creative things that you can do with your traditional life insurance policy that you might not be aware of? Well, it's true. If you have a permanent life insurance policy that you've already had for many years, right. when it does come time for retirement, there's a lot of different things you can do with it. And it's really important to talk with your financial advisor or talk with your insurance company mm -hmm. about some of these options. Um, for example, you may um, start taking the dividends as an income stream. And mm -hmm. that may be a way that you can help fill in that income gap, for right. example. Or if you're interested in um, buying an immediate annuity, you could roll over, make a tax-free rollover mm -hmm. into an annuity. Another thing that a lot of people are doing is rolling over money from life insurance policy into long-term care insurance or into a hybrid life insurance long-term care policy that will pay out if you need care or will pay a death benefit if you don't. And uh, it's called a 1035 exchange. Mm -hmm. It's a tax-free exchange of the cash value you've accumulated in your life insurance policy over the years into this, you know, getting you this, this long-term care benefit. So it's a really kind of huh. tax-smart way to be able to get some long-term care coverage as well as, you know, make the most of that life insurance cash value you've already accumulated. Right. And so do, do most uh, life insurance companies allow you to do that? Do they provide those options? Do you have to do it within the 
that particular life insurance carrier itself? Or? Well, it's interesting because when the law started to permit this, mm-hmm. you know, we wrote about how people could do this. And then they started to talk to their insurance companies. And the insurance companies sometimes were giving them a hassle. I, I don't hear about the hassle as much anymore, um, especially if they were rolling it over into a standalone traditional long-term care policy right. where you pay premiums every month. Because administratively, if it's going from one company to the other, it was, it was just a big hassle for mm-hmm. the insurance companies. But if you're rolling it over into one of these hybrid policies that has life insurance and long-term care, a lot of times you can just roll over that lump sum and it's much easier. So be sure to talk with your insurance company, make them aware that you know the, that you know the law and find out. And also if you're interested in you know, rolling it over into a different company's you know, hybrid policy, for example, talk with that other company and see what they can do to help you out to, right. during that transition. So long-term care, I know that the traditional long-term care policies uh, are not, for a while, were not being offered because the insurance companies underestimated what it was going to cost them, right? So, so what, what are the, the long-term care options now that we've got? Well, you can still, many companies left the long-term care insurance yes. business. There are a few that still sell the policies, and uh, you just need to be very careful to kind of manage the cost and coverage. Um, back, you know, several, many years ago, you could get policies that had lifetime benefits, yes. that had 5% inflation protection, and you could cover all your potential long-term care costs. And those are enormously expensive and actually impossible to get lifetime coverage mm-hmm, anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I talk about figuring out your long-term care needs, I do a similar kind of cash flow thing. I say, look at what the potential costs are in your area. Right. Look at what cash flow you have coming that could help pay for some of those costs of long-term care in a nursing home or assisted living or in your home. And, and then just buy enough coverage to fill in that gap. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, and that might end up covering maybe, you know, 50% of those costs. But from your cash flow, you could maybe cover some of those other expenses yourself. So right. you're getting a much smaller policy, and but you're still protecting yourself. So you still know that you have you know, a certain amount of money a coming level. every month right. that's going to be able to pay. And you know, usually people are now getting maybe three years of benefits because that's the that's the average. The average. Mm-hmm. Uh, one key thing that uh, a lot of married couples have been doing is getting shared benefits. And that's mm-hmm. a really neat way to kind of hedge your bets because you don't know how long you might need long-term care. You might not need it at all. Uh, you might need it the average of three years. Or you know, if you have Alzheimer's or your mm-hmm. spouse has Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. you may need it for 10 years. So the shared, how does that work? So with a shared policy, say, for example, a couple each gets three years of benefits. Right. But then they can share their benefits. So they actually have a pool of six years that they can use however they need between the two of them. And it usually costs slightly more than getting the two separate policies, but it really helps you hedge your bets. And instead of having to buy, you know, maybe five or six year benefit periods each, you can get the, you know, shorter benefit period, three years each, but have that six year pool. And you know that's going to be covered no matter which spouse ends up needing that. Right. Uh, I know health savings accounts are something that you've been advocating for a long time. And so you can use health savings accounts uh, to pay for long-term care premiums? You can. Uh-huh. And it's great. The amount that you can you can pay tax-free from the health savings account for long-term care insurance, it varies depending on your age. It gets you know higher as you get older. Right. People in their 60s can actually do a few thousand dollars from their HSA tax-free per year for long-term care premiums. Um, and then in your 70s, it's even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a really smart way for you to accumulate money through the years. If you think about this in advance, 
you, if you're in your 30s, 40s, or even 50s right. now, and you're offered a high deductible policy at work, consider getting Seriously an HSA, mm -hmm. not just for current medical expenses. Mm -hmm. It actually gets you know more bang for your buck right. if you pay for some of your current expenses in cash and let that money grow for the future. And you can use it tax-free for that portion of long-term care insurance premiums. You can use it after age 65 mm -hmm. for Medicare Part B and Part D premiums, oh. um, Medicare Advantage premiums, a whole bunch of things that you can use it for in the future. So I say consider it as a, you know, tri it's a triple tax break. You mm -hmm. get, you know, um, pre-tax or tax deductible, gross tax deferred, and then you can use it tax-free. Right. And you can use this as a great source of retirement, health insurance, uh, healthcare expenses. Mm -hmm. So, Kim, we always ask everyone at the end of every WealthTrack interview, if there's one investment that we should all have in a long-term diversified portfolio, what would it be? Well, it's really important to have some sort of guaranteed lifetime income. Social Security may only cover a portion of your expenses, likely, mm -hmm. um, and a pension is getting more rare. So, I think it's a great idea for a lot of people to have a deferred income annuity. And that way you know that no matter what happens to your portfolio um, for the first 10, 15 years or so, you will have that money guaranteed for the rest of your life starting at maybe 75 or 80, no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. Kim Langford, thank you so much for your great advice and for joining us on WealthTrack. Thank you for having me. At the close of every wealth track, we try to give you one suggestion to help you build and protect your wealth over the long term. This week's action point is check your allocation to stocks. One of the biggest risks to pre-retirees or retirees is suffering a major decline in retirement funds because of the lack of time to make it up. According to Fidelity Investments, more than a third of baby boomers' 401ks have crossed the firm's recommended stock allocation of 70%, for those 10 years from retirement or less. And almost one-tenth of boomers were entirely invested in stocks. After a 10-year bull market, no matter what your age, it's time to check your stock exposure and trim it if necessary. Next week, Morningstar's personal finance guru, Christine Benz, takes us through her 2020 financial to-do list to help us manage and simplify our financial lives. In this week's extra feature, Kim Langford has advice on managing long-term care policies. Please feel free to reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel. Thanks for watching. We hope you have a fantastic weekend and make the week ahead a profitable and a productive one.